Ready, set, and go. And we're going to be talking about those three things, and it has nothing to do with the, with the golf carts that we're, or go-karts we were driving around last week, um, but it has to do with what we believe God is calling us here at this congregation. And so we're going to start today with ready. But I wanted to, to uh, point out to you, and hopefully you will see that this is all connected this fall, because if you remember, we started this fall with a key question, are you fulfilled? Right? And we started with this question. If, if you slow down and the distractions of this world lighten up for just a minute and you start to think about your life, you start to realize, am I fulfilled? Is there a, a void or a, a discontentment that's in your life? Right? And we talked about how that only God can fill that hole and only God can, can give you that sense of peace that you need. And I don't want to... I know we've, this is all review, but this is something so crucial to being a Christian, to realize where that joy and that peace comes from. And we spend so much time trying to fill our lives with these other things that we look to God. And so our whole sort of power-up series was involved with this, marks of discipleship. These are just tools that help us to build our faith, to help us to practice those skills that we need to build a relationship with God right? Power up. So the first was P, to pray, to come before God with any need, to come before him with confidence. O was to offer, to, to give of ourselves, our time, and our possessions, to not hoard on to them, but to share them with one another. And then W was worship, to come before God and say, you are God and I'm not. It's that, it's that uh, way that we approach him. E was endure, to, to uh, on this side of heaven, there is difficulties that we are going to have to deal with and that we continue to deal with, and we need to endure them and, and stay faithful. R is to read, read scripture. It's the only place where you will find out that the God who created everything knows your name and loves you. And then you was to uplift, to share that good news, to let others around you know where the hope is that is within you, where that comes from. And P, of course, is to provide to uh, serve one another, to, to give of yourself and to serve one another, to love God and to love those around you, to love your neighbor. And as we're doing these, these are just tools to get you along the way. And if you remember last week and I talked about you can do all of the Olympic training that you could get your eyes on, but if you not have a passion or a zeal for what you're doing, you'll never succeed. And so these are just tools that help us to grow that passion, that zeal for God, to grow for a, a desire for his love, and he will fill you with that love. And we prayed, show me your glory. Show me your goodness, Lord. Give me that desire, right? And so I've talked with a lot of you over the last couple of weeks, and it's evident that God is working in you that God has been working in many of you. And I hear stories of, of God's uh, heart on you, of, of God changing you, of these things making an impact on you. And here's the interesting piece, and here's why I bring this all up, because this is God moving individually in different members of our atonement family. But now we're going to see the same or the flip side of the same coin, and God is working to renew not just individuals, but our congregation as well. 
And so that's what brings us to ready. Are we ready for God to renew our congregation, to renew us? And so we start with the scripture today. Stray, stay dressed for action and keep your lamps burning. Now, I have to just pause there and, and uh, uh, honor my f- former senior pastor and go down a quick rabbit hole, okay? Um, when I was a camp counselor, we would sing a certain song that this just popped into my head immediately. Does anybody know this? Give me oil in my lamp, keep it burning, burning, burning. Nobody? Give me oil in my lamp, I pray. There you go. Now, if you worked at camp for two years, you would know there are 16 verses to this song. Um, and I won't sing them all today. But uh, we are to stay dressed for action and to keep our lamps burning. To be like men who are waiting for their master to come home from the wedding feast so that they may open the door to him at once when he comes and knocks. What does this mean? It means we need to stay ready. This is God's command for us. Stay ready. Stay dressed for action. Keep your lamps going. Be, be ready for him to come and knock at the door. But when will he come? Luke 12 says, you must be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. When is Jesus coming back? I don't know. We don't know. Nobody knows. Scripture tells us we don't know, and we don't know. And so if somebody writes a book that says that Jesus is coming back August 13th, don't buy the book. All right? They don't know. If somebody goes on a TV show, has a podcast, or, or writes a news article about God coming back because of this, 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 and this, and he's coming back on September 14th, they don't know. Nobody knows when he's coming back. If you watch one of these movies that sort of scares you about when God comes back, they don't know either. There's rumors and wars and all sorts of things that would lead us to believe that he will come back soon, but we don't know. So here's my question for you. Does this worry you that he might come back at any time? So, I mean, is, is this, like, if he came back right now, would that worry you? Well, I, you have an advantage because you're sitting in church, right? So he would find you sitting in church, worshiping. So that's good. That's good for you. Like, Lord, I was right here waiting for you. But what if he came back on, a, like, a Friday? Would you be ready for him? Or in the middle of a bison game, would we be ready for him? You know, when, uh, when my kids were little, um, there's this sort of hum of small children in the house. It's a constant drone. Those of you that have had small children, you know that it's just sort of this constant, uh, you know, in the house all the time. And that's a good thing. But when the, the constant hum goes away, then you know something might be up, Right? Like, wait a minute, it's quiet, too quiet, right? What's going on? And so uh, if this ever happens and you go downstairs and you're like, oh my gosh, there is paint everywhere. What, what is going on? So, or, the, or grandma's vase that she loved so much is busted. Or, or you know, the, there's a hole in the wall. Uh, like, where did this hole come from? But it's eerily quiet. Why is that? Because the kids are hiding, right? Like, Dad, if we just kind of hide back here, Dad won't find us. And they're not excited for me to come back, right? Because they're nervous. Are we the same way? Are we nervous about him coming back, afraid of what he'll find us doing? 
Or are you excited about him coming back? You know, uh, just to give the kids a good side, right? Uh, when I was gone for a couple of days for work and I'd come home, they'd like meet me at the door. I'd have like 14 bags and they'd tackle me. Like, Dad, we're so excited that you're home. Is that how we feel about the Lord coming back? Or if you don't have kids, you probably have an Amazon account, right? And on your phone, when the package is about to come to the house, it says, you're the next, you know, your stop is next, right? And so have you ever done that? Stood by the door and been like, is that the truck? Is that, oh, there's a vest. Yes, my package has come. Are you excited about him coming back that way? Or are you just kind of like, "Eh, yeah, I suppose. When he comes back, he comes back. So my question is, Where is your heart on this? Are you excited for his return? Are you excited for him to move and and to return? Or are you kind of like, well, I don't know. So when you're reading the text, especially the Gospels, it's always good to look around at what else is happening in the situation. And right before the text that Becky just read, Jesus tells this parable from Luke 12. The land of a rich man had produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and I will build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. Like this is every farmer's dream, right? To have just such a bountiful year that you got to put on new grain bins. You know, to have such a year and such a crop. So this is a good thing for this farmer, and it's a good thing for people as well. But where the story turns is that the man says to himself, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. So what was he trusting? All of a sudden he was like, wow, look at all that stuff I've got. Man, I, I'm, I've, I'm comfortable I've got what I need. I'm, I'm good. I can let down my guard. I can relax, right? And God says to him, fool, this night your soul is required of you. And the things you've prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich before God. Fool, you're trusting the stuff that I gave you rather than me, right? And so he continues, Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Hear that. God wants you to have the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where there's no thief approaches and no moth destroys. And here's the key point. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So where is your heart? Where is your heart? It'll show you your treasure. Hmm? What really matters to you? You know, it's been said that uh, whatever you freely spend your money on, like the things that it's just come so easy to write a check to or, or swipe your debit card, that's where your treasure is. And I'll admit for me that I have two kids in college right now. And we spend a lot of money on college, as you can imagine. But if one of them calls me and says, Dad, I need this. 
I got no problem. I transfer money into their account. I find the money. I get it for them because that's where my treasure is. That's where my heart is. I love my kids and I want to support them. What do you spend your money on? What, what freely goes for you? You know, what is it that you like, oh my, I didn't realize how much money we had spent on that this year. Is it family? Is it kids in college? Or is it stuff? Is it a collection that you have? Do you have like a quonset filled with things that you store? Is it stuff in your house? Is it a brand new TV in the living room? Is it travel? Like, oh, we have to go on this cruise, or we have to do this, or we have to, you know, go to Florida every year. Or is it entertainment? Is it sporting events? Do you have to have the newest vehicle in your driveway all the time? What do you freely spend your money on? If you reflect on that, you'll realize where your heart is, because that's your treasure. But what really matters? Jesus says to us, you fool, those things are, are fleeting, They won't stick around. They may give you momentary pleasure, but they're not long-term. What really matters? Our treasure is in knowing that we have a God that loves us. Our treasure is in knowing that we are a sinner, but we have a Savior that loves us so much. We have a God who calls you a son and a daughter, a God who has adopted you, who will give you the kingdom We have a God who loves us so much. Is your treasure in God's love and receiving that and clinging to that? Is your treasure in relationships that foster that and that you support people around you? Do you love God or do you love his creation? Which do you love more? The things that he gives you or the giver itself? Do you love the people around you and want to support them and see them flourish? Or do you love them for what they can do for you? And so, we need God to teach us this. Lord, reveal to us where our treasure is and help us to be ready. Because I want this. I want you all to put your treasure in the things that last Do you want this? Do you want this for yourself? Do you want that treasure to be the things that really matter in life? Do you want this for others? Do you see people struggling with their life and think, man, if they only knew you, Lord, does your heart ache for them? Do you long for his return? Or are you hoping that he might come back after a while? You know, the news is, depressing lately, isn't it? Turn it on and, and there's wars and shootings and, and death everywhere. And people fighting and people arguing over this and that and the other thing. And there's troubles in our world. And I look around and my heart just longs for them to know the Lord. My heart longs for them to know Jesus and to love him and and see how that can impact them. My heart longs for God to speak into this world, to move into this world, to make a difference here. I'm ready. I'm ready for that. Now, why do we need to be ready? Because the king is coming. Yes, the king has come, 
Jesus came and he died for our sins. He died on the cross. He defeated death and the devil. And he promised that we can have eternal life if we just trust him. Right? Death has been defeated. And we trust in those promises. In fact, on the cross, the criminal on the cross next to Jesus said to him, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, truly today, you will be with me in paradise. That guy didn't go to confirmation. That guy didn't go to Sunday school. That guy wasn't baptized. That guy never tithed, I can tell you that. And yet, trusting in his promises made the difference. He put his heart and he put his treasure in the right thing at the right time. But here's the thing. For as much as I long for Jesus to come back, he is already here and he's already on the move. Over the past few weeks, as I've talked with people, I've seen him moving in you. I've seen him renewing you. I've seen him working in your life, growing a deeper relationship. And guess what? You are starting to shine because of that. You are starting to overflow with his love and making an impact, not only to yourself, but to those around you. God is moving in you. I can see him here and now. I know that his Holy Spirit is working in your hearts. And it's fabulous. Lives are changed. Faith is growing. You're serving God and loving him. You're putting your treasure in him. You're powering up. All of those things. But not only is he moving in your heart, but he's prepared to move in this congregation. I've seen him switch that from just individuals to the entire congregation. He wants us not to individually know him. He does want that. But he wants this entire congregation, the atonement family, to be on the move for him. To be a beacon in this world. He wants us to be ready. Ready for him to move. What will he do here? Will he change more lives? Will he draw more people to him to know his love? Will he impact this community? Will he feed the world? Will he rent out the Fargo Dome and fill it with food and fill hungry bodies and hungry souls? Will God work in your hearts and in this community? God's saying be ready because he's already on the move. See, we don't have to do these things. We don't, we don't need to feel like it's all on our shoulders. God is already acting and moving in you. He's renewing you and he's renewing this congregation. And I tell you what, I'm just excited to be a part of it. I'm excited to see what he's doing in your lives and what he's doing here. And I'm excited for what he's going to do in the future. And I'm going to be dressed for action I'm going to find a lamp and light it. I don't know where I'm going to get one of those, but I'm going to find one, and I'm going to light it, and I'm going to be ready. And I want you to be ready for that. And so today, I'm going to challenge you to pray maybe the most dangerous prayer that you have ever prayed. Lord, make us ready. Lord, we can't do anything without you. We can't move without you. But you want to make an impact here in Fargo-Moorhead and in the world. Lord, make us ready. We are ready for this. We want to be a part of this, Lord. Renew our congregation. Renew us. Make us ready. And if you're bold, I'm going to pray that over you right now. As our congregation is prepared for the next phase, that God would make us ready. 
ready for it. Heavenly Father, Lord, I've seen you moving in the hearts of people here in this congregation already. Help us to be ready to recognize what you're doing. Lord, let us be a part of that. We are excited. We are waiting at the door as you come home. We are waiting for your movement because we know that nothing else will fill the void and nothing else will heal our world but your presence. Send your Holy Spirit now into this congregation. Renew us. Help us to be a beacon of love, love of you, and love of neighbor. Lord, we pray this very dangerous prayer. Make us ready. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.